Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Two Heavy Wrestling Podcast. Can you believe the crazy week we've had? We got Clayton, Eddie, and myself going on this week. Uh, but before we jump in, Eddie, why don't you go ahead and hit us with those socials one time? Please. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. Make sure to tune in each and every week on Spotify, Apple Music, and Podbean. Beans. What the fuck? All right. So uh, we just got to jump in. It's been absolutely insane. Last week we talked about it, what happened on SmackDown when Cody decided to say he wasn't going to face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. And then an absolute whirlwind week happened, including a trip that the two heavy boys took to uh, Monday Night Raw after that SmackDown and before the WrestleMania press conference on Thursday for the kickoff. Um, just what is going on at oh, this point? We we changed their minds. We did it. We did it. St. Louis, Monday Night Raw. We did it. Not you, Greg, in Tacoma, Washington. We did. Yeah, Greg. Clayton, thoughts? We didn't do anything except be fans. I, uh, and that's that's kind of my feelings on it. Though there there are clear, obvious signs of pivoting that happened. Between Friday and Thursday, Cody facing Roman at WrestleMania was not one of them, despite whatever they say. I think we are in the greatest smokescreen era ever in WWE because you genuinely don't know what they're going to do on a week-to-week basis. And the way that the information is presented, you almost have to watch the next episode of whatever to actually know or have some semblance of an idea of where it could go. Yeah, even if we didn't change the outcome of the main event of WrestleMania and that was... And that was always going to happen. I do feel like we changed details along the way. 100%. Namely, whether it's turning heel or just not being true, pure babyface, The Rock, for his character, while coming out of the press conference yesterday, is probably the most interesting thing right now. Yeah. I don't think the plan going into Thursday was the same plan that it was going into Monday earlier in the week. Yeah, something I think we affected the attitude and the status of The Rock in this story and what his status is as a face or a heel. What I like, I think, the most about it is you can see a lot of things on social media. Probably generally social media is going to be the big place where if anything is to change, it'll be hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people telling you, This is stupid. Don't do this. When you see it in person, that also makes a big factor. So I think the fact that Monday Night Raw did happen and there were people just chanting, we want Cody throughout commercial before the show started. Yeah. Every, any time they had the opportunity to chant it, it, it shows one, you spoiled us with giving us the American Nightmare. Yeah, 100%. When you gave him to us, everyone was hyped when you gave him to us. You gave us WrestleMania last year where we all thought he would win. Obviously, not all. trying to make that story. Well, yeah, Clayton didn't. Shut up, Clayton. He's the visionary. But, He's just so much smarter than all of us. <laughs> but, but he, like, just kind of looking at the big picture. Hey, he didn't win last year. Is now the year. 
could it be the year? You give us, then you drop a bombshell of The Rock happening, which we thought would have happened last year too. Yeah, that was the original plan for last year was Rock Roman. And now we're kind of at the point where, hey, you want you wanted to give us Rock Roman and you thought that's what we'd like. No, you, you gave us, you made us fall in love with Cody Rhodes. And now we want Cody Rhodes as the main event of WrestleMania. Does that mean he needs to win? I would like him to win. I think it may yeah. be the time, but at the same time, The Rock may have, uh, sorry, Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne, you may have other plans. If you need to make it a three-parter, so be it. What I do think it's important to note is that, uh, and granted, there wasn't another episode of WWE content between Friday and Monday, but I think it's very important to note Rocky Sucks chance didn't start until after last Friday's SmackDown. Until we, and by we I mean us, our group, started the Rocky Sucks chant during Seth Rollins' promo on Monday. Um, we did that. That That's a, a very important distinction to make because the fans chanting, we want person X, person yeah. Y. We want Cena. We want Orton. We, yeah. we want Daniel Bryan. Yes, yeah. Like, yeah. that all fits into the same bucket. Yeah. Diametrically opposed chant to what you actually want to happen, meaning Rocky sucks, or when it was, let's go, Cena, Cena, Cena sucks. sucks. Yeah. That sucks part of the chant, unless you're Kurt Angle, is venturing into the territory of the type of heat that you don't want. Two steps below Xbox. Yeah. Well, the thing the thing about the Rocky sucks chant is that it's it's the half step above the die Rocky die chance from ninety seven. So like Michael Cole did say when we started the Rocky sucks chance. Whoa, is it 1996 again? Yeah, like it's 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 one thing to say we want Cody telling you who we do want. It's another to say Rocky sucks and tell you who we specifically don't want. And I think it was good that we balanced both because it told the message we don't want him, we do want him because if you only tell the one message you might not get the other, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's important to to say both of those things whenever you're in a crowd like that. Um, I will st- put preface on this too. When let's just throw out an example. When Rey Mysterio was number thirty oof, in the Royal Rumble, big that, rip. This it was no. In my opinion, I it think had nothing to do with Rey. It had nothing to do with Rey. But yeah. then Rey got involved with it, and then people started booing him everywhere. You know, like it's Ray. Ray by default got the heat yeah. when Ray is the most one of the most popular superstars of all time. Whoever whoever was coming out number thirty, if they weren't Daniel Bryan, they were getting booed. Right, and it just so happened to be Ray Mysterio, which means he caught heat for it didn't last that long. It didn't last until Mania, and he they never turned him heel, which was smart. Right, but like yeah, he got booed for like two or three weeks. But Batista, Batista, yeah. Batista. Sorry, for I, I'm sorry. One one little baby sidebar turning Ray Mysterio heel. Do you want to talk about a less believable character. They tried it yeah. once. They tried it one time. Rey Mysterio was a heel once in WWE. It didn't go well and when? they turned him face. I remember him being a filthy animal. Mm. He was he was technically Small a guys can't be heels unless they're fighting other small guys. Okay. Well, I don't know about that. Jamie Noble was a fantastic Nunzio. Heel. Nunzio was a great heel. Enzo Amore was a great heel. Enzo Amore had charisma you can't teach just natural 
innate yeah. charisma. The other ones that you named for what they had for their time in a B-tier WWE program, yes. Yeah. Comprehensively, no. Yeah. Don't ever say to me, Jamie Noble and Nunzio were good small guy heels. I look. You asked for examples. I gave you examples. No, no, no. Jamie I asked Noble for quality was, examples. Jamie Noble was a great example. I thought I maybe thought so Nunzio. Too. Maybe Nunzio. Nunzio no. wasn't, unless you're considering the entirety of that faction. Jamie Noble was okay. Back on track. Back, back on, on track. track. We're yeah, back on track. Yeah, we'll come back. To Batista <laughs> at a later date. Batista, while he got look, he was gonna get thrown over. Yeah. Like, luckily, he was still a part of the match, and he was a vital part of Daniel Bryan being over. That was fine. When you put The Rock in that situation after he goes with Endeavor, you're getting corporate with us at that point. Yeah, 100%. We don't, we don't need corporate. We need what the fans will like. And as much as we do want Rock Roman, now is not the time for Rock Roman. You had that chance last year. It didn't work. You could have still done it in a capacity this year, but Cody would have had to have that match. You, you can't have Cody win the Rumble and not go after Roman. Right. That yes. was the problem. Yes. There's no reason for him to win the Rumble if he doesn't face Roman. So that's why I personally thought that it, that was always the plan. I don't care what they say. That's the plan. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you've, you've booked yourself into a corner from that perspective. Yeah. Um, but let me talk to you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Little fan peon, Eddie Cooney. Oh. <laughs> the WWE needs a corporate character. It needs a corporate it character. It needs a corporate character probably now more than ever to erase the stank of the original corporate character. Um, and you can't have Triple H fill that void because of health reasons. They need a corporate character. You An don't, evil corporate character, more specifically. But we also have to put more clarification. And to have a corporate character, you don't have to have the corporate character wrestle. Vince McMahon did not wrestle that that Royal much. Rumble winner Vince McMahon okay. WWE champion. You heard Vince the first McMahon. part. You didn't hear the that much part. He wrestled. I'm just saying. He Vince wrestled. McMahon wrestled God. Vince, Vince McMahon, McMahon won a match God. at WrestleMania two years last year. Two years ago. No, 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 no. Because oh, that's another happen. interesting thing yeah, that happened right. on commentary. Cole said that Pat McAfee is undefeated at WrestleMania. So So somebody's being scrubbed, and they deserve to be scrubbed. Have you seen all the graphics, too, of uh, uh, Undertaker being 22-0 at WrestleMania 30? Yes. That's been funny, too. Um, But back back to your original point, Eddie. Go ahead and continue. You, like, just having someone corporate is important. I agree with that. You do need a corporate character from what we have seen previously. Do you not, like... It's not a giant necessity at times, but when things are really going in WWE's direction, they have a corporate character. That's what happened with Daniel Bryan. That's what happened with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Hell, that's what happened with DX. You can say you needed that corporate character to be there. And honestly, The Rock was part of that corporate character when Stone Cold was around. Yeah. He was that part of that corporate or the corporation. Yeah. Like, and then the was, corporate ministry. It, it was needed at that time. It was very much needed. Now, having a corp, having anything corporate is still good, but at the same time, you can. I'm I'm trying to think of the best way to put this because I think you have two Royal Rumble wins. Yeah, and you don't win at WrestleMania with both those Royal Rumble wins. 
like you can lose one shirt. You're buried. The other. You're you are buried. You're you're not. You can't do that twice and expect to be credible at this point. Even if the second one is just as even if the second loss is just as dirty and not clean as the first loss, because at that point they're just not. Uh, when else? You know, like, because you can't do it at SummerSlam. It has to be. Roman has to lose that belt at WrestleMania. Yes. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts. It's either he wins because of dirty tactics. Yeah. Or, and then you, I think Cody loses the Royal Rumble next year being the last eliminated. And it's like, oh, you sad. can't, you can't have Cody win a third consecutive Rumble without it beginning no. to look like you're holding the rest of the roster down you for this one story. He can't win the Royal Rumble next year. There's no way he can win the Rumble next year. It has to be someone else. Well, if we're lucky, he won't win the Rumble next year because he'll be walking into it as champion. Right. I think that's a great way to look at it, but. I, but I thought that last year too, so I don't. I don't know anymore. Um, to put a bow on this, because I want to address the last thing that you said um, before we get into our thoughts of the actual kickoff show. Yeah. Um, you said something interesting in that does the corporate character need to wrestle? If it's a man, yes. At some point, they need to wrestle because they tried doing the corporate character who doesn't wrestle idea with Laurenitis because he couldn't wrestle. Even he had a match. Yeah. And then they tried to take the corporate character and use it conceptually with the raw general manager via computer. The anonymous raw general manager. And I think everybody can comprehensively, us three can comprehensively agree that was just bad. It was just bad. It's just bad. It didn't work. Um, so from my perspective, if the authority figure is male, yes, they need to wrestle. So if it's Triple H, yes, they need to wrestle. If it's Vince McMahon, I expect him to get into a ring at some point. If Nick Aldis takes a more hardline, even more hardline approach towards Roman, I'm expecting Roman to Superman punch him at some point. Oh, yeah. But on the flip side of things, I'm not expecting a Stephanie McMahon to do anything beyond like a slap bump. Yeah. Or Ava to do anything beyond that type of bump. Yeah. Well, there was there's something interesting you said there, too, about Triple H, because I want to pivot a little bit to because we will still go over our thoughts, but it just seemed like the right time to talk about the weird seeds being planted about Triple H versus The Rock. Were you guys picking up on that? It can't happen. I know it can't happen, but there's that it not being able to happen does not change the fact that these seeds were planted and it looks like that's a direction they're considering going. I think it's just been unnatural. Natural in the sense of they have working history together. Yeah. Um, but also natural in the sense that it just works. Animosity that their on-screen characters have. Yeah. Every time they're on screen at the same time. Um, what particularly stands out to me is the year-long build Going into the second match of Cena Rock, yeah, when Rock showed up that fall, and Cena had like had the belt, he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna bring this into our next match." And Rock's like, "Just bring it." The backstage spot, specifically before that, 
corporate Triple H yeah. and Rock were talking back and forth and both referencing their past history. They got in their faces. I know the exact kicking each other's asses. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just continuing. I love that promo too. Continuing to play on that and that works because we need to acknowledge past history of on-screen characters. But yeah, and I do agree with that. But it was weird. The love, the depths that we got to when it was like, is Triple H threatening The Rock right now? Like, like they can't have a match. No, no. but it, was it did more, seem that way. No, it, to me, it more came off like, I get it, Rock, Dwayne, you're yeah. upset, um, but you're off in movie land, and this is my shit. Yeah, you're, you're in my shit, right? But he took. But he's still a higher role at the same. Well, time. no, no, I'm not even talking about that. The what happened in the immediate aftermath when Triple H was doing a backstage interview on Thursday, and then The Rock went by and said, "You need to fix this, or we're gonna fix it." Yeah, that was step one. Step two was Triple H coming out on SmackDown and using not one but two of The Rock's promo catchphrases against him. It's it's instigating almost. It is. Yeah, reminding reminding of where what the actual pecking order is. Yeah, um, I would say the backstage segment was more of just a microcosm of the entire kickoff show of being a streamlined version of what the hardcore WWE fans have been clamoring for for the better part of fifteen to twenty years. Yeah, which is get rid of this TVPG. That was a. What the kickoff show was like? What hour, hour and a half? Yeah, of essentially unscripted content. Hundred percent loosely scripted. At least there was a skeleton. That's yeah, about very it. loosely scripted, and it worked. Yeah, all parts of it from beginning to end worked. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was just playing into that because it's meld, it's uh, blurring that line between real and kayfabe. Yeah. Well, and the overall, we'll just we'll, let's just dive into it. The overall vibe of Thursday. What it what what did you guys think of the show overall the kickoff show like what did you think of the segments front to back like how did you feel I think Clayton's sitting up again ladies and gentlemen boys and girls put on your seatbelts and strap in because this WWE rocket is going to the fucking moon yeah. This is something that could not have happened if Kevin Dunn was still in production. Absolutely not. This isn't something that could have happened if Vince McMahon was still running things. What that kickoff show was, was the Endeavor effect. Yeah. That entire kickoff show is transcending forms of media. Then you get another little segue leg leading in on the very same day. Pat McAfee show, which is now turning yeah. into a WWE light show when he has a WWE guest For on. For the 30 minutes to an hour that he yeah. does it of the four-hour show, yeah. Another opportunity to plug, promo, whatever. Um, then you take into consideration where the business... Forget Roman, forget Cody, forget The Rock. Where the WWE business is going to be in just a year from now. Yeah. They're going to be on Netflix... USA is going to have SmackDown, so they're... If I'm in a boardroom in USA, I love that I get to keep a WWE product, but I want SmackDown presented differently than how Raw was. And then NXT is going to be on local network television. Yeah. This is is that transcendent start when we step into something completely different. 
across the board. That entire kickoff show was 10 out of 10. The only thing that I would personally change about that is where it's positioned in terms of time frame. Like A lot of people said it felt rushed. They really should have done that the Thursday after Elimination Chamber. Yeah. Because then uh, maybe that takes away some of the mysterious nature to it. Like, oh, which direction they're actually going to go. Um, but I think it would have worked better after Elimination Chamber because I can tell you definitively right now, I don't care about the Women's Chamber. Yeah. And that's not because of my beef with the pre- presentation of women's wrestling, but because I don't want to see Rhea face anybody other than Becky now. Yeah. That's that's, that's what that does. You just told me, no, the other five women in that chamber don't matter. Yeah. Eddie, what do you think? Uh, well, I think... Endeavor purchasing WWE is the best thing. I think they it, Endeavor took it and like, hey, these UFC like kind of debacles and these live shows that they have go really well. Let's try it on the WWE side. I bet you they had full freelance control to make that however the hell they wanted. And I bet they just gave them, hey, here's an idea of what you need to do when you go out there. Do it. Well, and like I said, they had the skeleton, right? That's about it, though. Right. It was, here's here's the order that things are going on, and here's the message we want to send. Go do it how you're going to do it. It was raw. It, it felt yeah. good. It felt mm-hmm. natural. That's what I really liked yeah. about it. I do agree. I, I feel like it was a little too soon for it to happen. I do agree with that asset or that aspect of it. And I also feel like, it really shows the direction that they're going. They want more raw television. They want more. But I think Netflix picking it up and then kind of eliminating Fox from the equation actually helps them a ton. Yeah. Because a lot more people have Netflix over cable television at this yeah. point. Like, it, it works really well. Local they, Fox, too, though, had Friday Night SmackDown. But you no, essentially replace, that. But you yeah. replace that with NXT. Well, which right. is better for so network television. Here, Correct. Here's what I here's the interesting question that my significant other po- posed to me last night cuz I wasn't even thinking about this. With Raw going to Netflix, does it have to be PG since no. it's not on live TV? No. Cursing is going to become a lot more. Hopefully. I don't think it's going to become a lot I, more. I'm not saying F bombs once a week, but like it would be I would I would be surprised if every episode on Raw or every episode of Raw on Netflix was not comprehensively TV 14 across the board, like I think it's going to lose the TV PG, but they're going to keep it TV that 14, way. but not getting into TV MA because that once you hit that MA that restricts how the content is listed on Netflix by yeah. profiles across the board. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're all going in the proper direction in a year from now. It's going to be WWE is going to be bigger than it ever has been because, hey, Vinny, no offense to you, they have all offense in the world to Vince McMahon. That means a piece of shit. They have competent people who know what people actually want right now, and they do long term planning as opposed to whatever the fuck I want planning. Yeah. So I think that's very beneficial for WWE and its growth, and it'll become far bigger worldwide than it ever has been my thing about the timing of when this took place given what the content within it was yes it feels like it should have been later what it is a wrestlemania because it's not a wrestlemania kickoff show it's a wrestlemania season kickoff show 
I thought this should have, again, the contents within it, the story that it told should have been a little later or it makes sense that it happened now. But all things considered, what that show is supposed to be should have taken place the Thursday before the Rumble. Right. Because the Rumble is the kickoff to WrestleMania season. So having that kickoff Hell, be, have it the same day as the Rumble, just earlier in exactly, the day. Exactly. Something like that. Like, like a lot of people are talking about how it should have been later, and I agree that the message that it told should have been later, but the WrestleMania kickoff show, when I first heard it, I was like, the Royal Rumble is the WrestleMania kickoff show. Like, that's what it is. It's the beginning of the road to WrestleMania. So, like, I, in my opinion, that's when that show should take place. I will say the... A good part about that is we don't have to wait for Cody to make an answer. I, I think that was right. The, I think that's the right decision. Let's yes. just answer that now. Right. Get it, it out of the way. It gives more people who paid for those tickets to be like, okay, there's a really, really good freaking reason to be there. It showed everything that happened in the span of a week in that time frame. It's insane. Really all leaked into that show. Yeah. Like, this is what's going to happen. I agree in the sense of, well, now they're basically saying Becky's going to win. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I didn't. They're saying Becky's going to face Rhea. I think Rhea goes over, if I'm being honest. Right. Oh, yeah. Or, I mean, Becky's going to win the chamber. That's what I meant. Yes. Uh, Yeah. In my personal opinion, Rhea injured Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan came back at the Rumble. Like, it it also would have made sense. Hey, we've been pushing Liv pretty heavy recently. Or, like, since she won Money in the Bank. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I felt like it would have been a great time frame to put Liv maybe in that spotlight. I, I feel like Becky has had that. Now, do I think Becky would be better in that stage? Yes. Oh, I don't disagree either. I think Liv Morgan does deserve that level of spotlight at some point. It's just we've already planted the seeds of Rhea Becky. Right. So at this point, it would be weird to backtrack on that. Similarly, that it would be weird to backtrack on Cody versus Roman for The Rock. Like, it's a smaller scale, but it's almost the same thing. Absolutely. And, like... Now it's even crazier because the workhorse title is now kind of in La La Land. We don't yeah. know exactly where that's going. We have ideas, but you talking about Seth's title, yeah, yeah. I don't. That that does feel like it fell by the wayside, right? Because it not only did during like during the kickoff show, but they barely brought it up other than the qualifying matches on SmackDown. Exactly. Which it's not it's not the SmackDown title, so that makes sense. But like they have a lot of explaining to do on Monday about the importance of that title and what Seth people are talking about Seth having a match as early as Elimination Chamber, and I just don't know if he's going to be healed by then. Mm-mm. Seth's probably not completing or completing competing till WrestleMania, but I would say that within story. It's Seth's fault that oh, the belt's yeah. being discussed the way that it is. And when yeah. I say within story, I'm not talking about his ring work or his health. I'm talking about how he has presented his on-screen character. Yeah. Because Seth Rollins has now told us, look, I don't like Roman Reigns, but I can't fight Roman Reigns right now. You, sir, Cody Rhodes, are the next best thing. Yeah. Pick me. He didn't get picked. Yeah, he was the pick me girl who lost. Like it's it's why it's also another thing to it's one thing for people to feel and treat you like the B title. It's another thing for you yourself to basically come out and admit it, even though you're 
you're admitting it in a way that's like, I don't feel like I'm the B title. I feel you're just, you're saying I'm the, you're using the words. I'm the B title. Everything around it is just jargon and you trying to sell a different story. And it's not true. You made Roman the biggest box office attraction in a very long time. You're going to be the B title. That's not a bad yeah. thing. You are the workhorse title. You're the person who's going out there and fighting. But you're, you're, you're intercontinental title plus. Exactly. That's and what you are. That isn't a bad thing, but the way you... Well, the, it's I'm not sorry, a I'm bad thing. I'm sorry. It's not bad, but you are also giving... You're also telling the audience... The, exactly what that is it's like hey this is second place but it's not second place why are you addressing it being second exactly place? like that's what i'm saying like he that was his biggest mistake was addressing it that way but now at the same time this is going to be my final thought thought for this too uh do we know seth's injured we know going into mania he's probably going to lose that title at least i think he's going to lose that i don't title see how why mania. he would i think he should lose it and then take some time off I, I think he i think up until this most recent promo he's done exactly what he's needed to do for that title right build a prestige make it feel like a main event title cuz the first first couple weeks or first month of it it didn't feel that way but now nope. i do it has grown on me like i i do feel like the world heavyweight championship on raw is important now it's just time to find out who it would be, and there are several options on who it could be, yeah. but they just need to narrow it down more than anything. The World Heavyweight Men's Heavyweight Championship on Monday Night Raw, as we sit here today, is the third most important title on that show. And that is actually not Seth Rollins' fault. No, it's... I, I, do you go Gunther, Rhea, Seth? Yes. Gunther is easily the most important title on that brand. I think we would all, both us three and the WWE, and by the way, they've been dropping the universal and universe name. Yeah. Because on that graphic, Roman was just referred to as a WWE champion. Well, we knew that was probably going to happen at some and point. And trips. WWE Championship, but... Um, he said he still says Undisputed. Yes. Which is... If I was going to drop a word, I would have dropped Undisputed before I dropped Universal, given that it's not. But uh, I digress. I think we would all have a different perspective on not just Seth Rollins, the character, but Seth Rollins, the World Heavyweight Champion, if the revolving door of the U.S. title was on his show instead of... 100%, yeah. Gunther. Um, it just, it is what it is. Um, and to your point, Eddie, about, um, you know, not having the B belt being a bad thing. This is, this has the potential, unfortunately, to be this next generation's version of John Cena's 2006 to 2008 run. Yeah, because I could name you probably about five different people who held the world heavyweight title during that three year span, and none of them were important outside of Batista. Yeah, I, it, it's it's like right there if they don't do it correctly. Like yeah. Seth is getting ready to get put into a box. Doesn't matter whatever seeds him and Roman are planting for WrestleManias in two years from now. Yeah, or whatever else. Like, eh. well, and the thing is. Just to shift gears a little bit here, the biggest travesty of the entire kickoff show was the fact that Bailey wasn't there. That is hands down the biggest disappointment. There's no reason she wasn't there. There is. 
there is a very clear reason, and it's the quiet part that nobody wants to say out loud. An international wrestler who cannot speak English effectively enough to have that type of loosely scripted moment, you're going to do more damage putting them on that stage than you will not having them on that stage. You could have had Bailey in that moment without EO. No, because then Bailey looks like Bianca. Bianca had no business being on that stage outside of she has a show going right now with her and Montez yeah. Ford. If you just have Bailey on the stage, you are in some respects um I want to say emasculating, but I don't know what the female equivalent of that is. Yeah. But you're taking shine from EO, who is the champion, when she's already losing some shine to the fact that she has the Kabuki Warriors posse who she can't do anything without. Uh, honestly, though, like that's okay. I don't care if EO Sky loses her shine with that belt because ultimately I care that Bailey wins at WrestleMania. So let her lose shine. Like I don't I don't care. I've I I think that Bailey since winning the Rumble has been grossly under underutilized and and like not underutilized, underrecognized since she's won it. Like I I feel like all of her storylines are caught in the middle of shows and it's barely brought up on Raw and like it's just it feels like it's not as important as some other storylines, but I feel like it should be more important than other storylines only because it's an actual story. Mm -hmm. Like everything going on with damage control. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a real story that we should all be looking at and care about. And yes, the promo ability of this story might be limited by some of the, some of the people involved with it and Mm -hmm. their ability to speak. But still like, like it finally got furthered, Last week when we had Dakota Kai address where she was and where she kind of picked her side, like we finally started to see some of that story pick up. But I just feel like Bailey should have been involved with that kickoff show as well, given that she also has a main event at WrestleMania. No, she doesn't. She should. She's a Rumble winner. That's that's always so. Yeah, it, she is a Rumble. Winner. I know. That's last that. year that wasn't. So the t- I know. I understand that WWE doesn't stick to their word, but they should. Like, there's no. I, I'm not. I don't want to say there's no reason, but as important as that tag team much what was last year, if WWE is going to stick to what they're saying and if they're going to treat the women's division as important as the men's and if they're going to treat the Rumble winners as important as the as the men's it should have main evented WrestleMania night one. And there's no reason it's not main eventing WrestleMania night one this year too. You win the rumble, you main event WrestleMania. Those are the rules. I also go ahead. I've I've talked a lot. Go ahead. Eddie. I I feel like coming from a corporate coming from a corporate side of things now and looking at what's going to get me the most money. Endeavor is now going to look at it in that aspect. And I think that's the best way to look at it. Rhea Ripley is going to generate you more revenue than Bailey will generate you more right. revenue. That is just the way it has been marketed. They're very big on the judgment. And well, day. And that's what I was going to say. That's how it's presented, yes. Right. But you can change that. And that absolutely can be changed. And I feel like right now, while you have all eyes on Rock, Roman, Cody, it is the perfect time to go in and kind of trim around the hedges and be like, okay, let's edit this while their eyes are on that. I think that is a perfect way well, to look at things, especially while you have everyone's attention right here. 
go to that other Royal Rumble winner and be like, okay, well, what can we do here? It's wild that WrestleMania became so big that it expanded to two nights and now you can have two main events and you're still taking up both nights main events with one story. That's insane to me. There's no reason you should have to do that. Last year, both main events were bloodline storylines. Mm-hmm. And and is that story important enough to maybe make that distinction for a one year thing? Maybe, but at the end of the, at the end of the day, it, it truly is more important to build up and to establish the women's Royal Rumble winner as a main event win than it was to tell that one story for that one year or to do it twice in a row. If the bloodline storyline main events both nights this year too, then I don't even know why I'm trying to win the women's rumble because I could just try to earn it a different way and still get a title match that isn't the main event. But you know the best way to do that? Put a belt on Nia Jax. That is the that is literally the best way to do that if you want a, a win win nope. in that as- situation. Bit aside, that would work. That would work. It's you put Roman Reigns you literally put him on God mode. You literally put him on God mode. Yeah, you give you him made- you give him someone in the bloodline that's also gonna run the women's division. And then you have a women's champion in the bloodline. Exactly. And now you have a women's main event night one and a men's main event night two. The way that it, I don't want to, I don't even want to say the way that it should be in terms of night one and night two, but one of the nights gets a men's main event and one of the nights gets a women's main event. The order can change year over year, depending on what story is more important at the time. I think that's fair, but I, I don't understand why we're going through the motions of having a, women's Royal Rumble the combination of having two Royal Rumbles and having two main events at WrestleMania should be a very clear and locked in formula of Rumble winners main event both nights the order with which they do it doesn't matter you could have a night one men's night two women's night one women's night two men's doesn't matter it should it should be equal and it should correlate directly so if this whole rock Cody Roman thing winds up being night one main event is Cody and Roman versus Seth and or uh, rock and Roman versus Seth and Cody in the night two, you have Cody and Roman. If I'm the rest of the roster, I'm wondering why the hell I'm even trying. So I think I shouldn't say, I think my perspective is that the WWE fan within of you that is very principled and the way th- how things have been done is the way they should be done has valid points. The counterpoint to that is on a scale of one to 10, how good do we think drew McIntyre's outside the ring work has been over the past three weeks? I think Monday he did pretty well. Nine out of 10, 10 out of 10. Like it's been great. Cool. What do we think? of LA Knights outside of the ring WWE work on a scale of 1 to 10 take it from any period of time since he's kind of popped. I mean he's a 10 out of 10 he's like he's important. Okay. What does Bailey do outside the ring? I no, I agree on that aspect. I I understand the point you're trying to make, no. but but I would also argue that Bailey has Bailey has it. She has the ability to speak 
Mm-hmm. She, she, her booking is the reason why it's not her. She has the same ability as say a Drew McIntyre. I don't necessarily want to say as LA Knight because I do think LA Knight has reached a promo echelon a la the rock and stone cold and kind of on an Island of their own. But Bailey could certainly do even at the heel level. Bailey could certainly do what Drew is doing. She's just not being booked that way. You could argue that going into the end of last year, basically from SummerSlam on, Drew wasn't booked correctly. Yeah. We are in a new era of WWE superstars where you can't blame booking anymore. Booking is a large contributing factor to the successful presentation of your on-screen character, but what you do outside the ring is important. Bailey could even be doing the little small ass vignettes that Roman Reigns does on TikTok. Like you have to do something more than the ring work if you want a bigger shine. Because if you just leave it on the ring work, then you are subjugating yourself to the booking. Yeah. I mean I feel like right now, if Hogan had this media attention that we have today, it'd be it'd be global He did. All the, there wasn't social extent, media, but he was on every talk show. He was in movies and TV shows. Hogan was... Social media yeah. would have put him... He was already here. It would have put him up here. Oh, 100%. It, it would is, have been... It is the third category. It's yeah. the third category to a successful wrestler in any generation. Promo work, ring work, Ring work, media. promo work, media how how your content is absorbed. Bailey could be doing more than what she is. And while I hear you when you say the Women's Royal Rumble should main event, that principle of the Royal Rumble winner, main eventing WrestleMania, got taken off the rails like 15 years ago. When John Cena, John Cena's best Royal Rumble win, the 2008 Royal Rumble, he challenged Randy Orton at No Way Out. Yeah. Like that, the WWE within their own mythos has broken that. Then they, they broke yeah, it they again. They didn't break it permanently. They broke it once or twice. They've, they've no, broken, they've it, broken a- it three or four times in terms of the couple times that the run, like the rumble winner wins the belt instead. Yeah. Right. That's happened a couple times or what you're talking about. John Cena challenging Orton at the next pay-per-view versus WrestleMania. Like, like they've deviated from it a couple times, but largely even in today or over the last five to 10 years since that's happened, every time WWE has talked about the men's Royal rumble winner, it's, the men's Royal Rumble winner will go on to main event WrestleMania. They've they've still phrased it like that, and that's still what happens. Yep, for the men's Royal Rumble. Exactly. It's not it's not going to happen for the women's Royal Rumble until they tell a story compelling enough. Nia Jax could be compelling enough, but if we're being honest, it's compelling because she would be bloodline entrenched or bloodline adjacent not because of any one thing that Nia Jax is doing with her character. Yeah. Um, so it's just, yes, Bailey and EO deserves to main event night one. The Rock is going to be in a main event. Either yeah. night. I, Cody and Roman is going to be a main event either night. I'm not arguing what will happen. I am arguing what should happen. That I just want to make that perfectly clear. No, because, no, I'm I, not, because I'm not stupid, right? I do understand what is going to happen. I just wanted it to be known what I think should happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that they should 
the the writers room, the booking team, whoever is going to be in those positions starting next year, because whatever's going to happen this year at this point is insane and probably should happen. I do trust that they will book it properly, but I think starting next year, that should be considered as they're building WrestleMania 41. Because, because, and here's the thing too. I think it's about the person. I think it's about Bailey. Because if Becky won the Rumble this year, there's no way she wouldn't be marching around talking about main event this, main event that. If, if Charlotte came back, if wasn't injured and she won, she would be talking about main event this. And maybe it's Bailey's fault. Maybe she has that option and just isn't doing it. But I think starting next year. If they're going to have the formula of the Rumble winner main events WrestleMania, they need to have that con- into consideration for both nights. I'm also going to put who do I want to listen to? Who do I want to listen to? Would I rather listen to Rhea and Becky chop it up, or would I rather listen to Bailey and EO? I'm also looking at it like that. You can win as many matches as you want. It also matters a ton about who the fans actually want to see. Your, your dance partner screen. matters just yeah, like yeah. With exactly actual prize fighting. And I'm going to say two things on Bailey that I'm going to leave her alone because I actually like Pamela as a wrestler. Yeah. Um, there is an argument to be made. I think a medium to very strong argument to be made. Bailey is no more over right now than she was when she came back with Dakota and EO. Yeah. Like they're Yeah, it's been well, I think specifically she's a little bit more over right now if you listen to the fans. Like if you look but like not enough to make a difference. I, I think I see what you're like saying. Like it's I'm not saying it's been stagnant. Yeah. She is over. It, she's it's not just been little baby peaks and yeah. not getting to where it needs to be to overtake. Yeah. Um, a main event in any year. Um, secondly, Bailey, for all intents and purposes, is supporting this entire program on her back. Hunter, I it, do agree with that. It would, I think, it would be different in a positive way if Dakota never got hurt. Yeah. But because Dakota did get hurt. It just there's something missing to push that through to the next level that it needs to be. But to your overall point of like building for next year's WrestleMania, they have to be willing to take the chance to book a year long storyline between two women wrestlers. I agree. that is the I agree with that. That is the only thing that's going to get them night one or they, night two main event because. Let's let's jump a year into the future. WrestleMania 41. Yeah. WrestleMania 41. Main event options. I'm just going off the top of my head. Rock Roman, if they haven't fought at this year's WrestleMania, which yeah. you're probably not going to. Mm-hmm. But Rock Roman. Cody Seth. Because yeah. then you can redo that yeah. at WrestleMania, and that makes sense. And that is like three years of history. Yeah. Something to do with Punk. Punk Drew. Yeah. Punk Drew. You now have a year of history. Yeah. The women's division even Rhea who is the most over women's champion since Belky Becky walked out two belts yeah in a main event that had to have Charlotte and Ronda Rousey in it yeah. to get the main event spot that the women's wrestling division needs that level of 
committed storytelling. They kind of did that with with Charlotte and Rhea, didn't they? Didn't didn't Charlotte and Rhea the night after WrestleMania do a face to face, and then next year that was the title match? Or no, was it involving Bianca? That's Bianca. It was Rhea and Bianca Rhea the and night Bianca. after thirty nine. Yeah, that that happened. But even just like that, it needs to be something raw after WrestleMania. Yeah. They do a handshake deal or whatever. Like, we are going to face each other in a year from now and then commit to that. Yeah. I I agree that that would be a better way to do it. Because even in my head at this point, alternatively, if, if, if from a fan perspective, no, no. If from a WWE perspective, you are more likely to have Becky and Rhea main event night one than you are to have Asuka. And or not Oscar, then to have EO and Bailey main event I won, then flip who wins the rumble and who does the 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 chamber. Because you could do you could tell a really compelling story about how Becky wants to win a second rumble to be the first woman to do it. Same similar to how Cody wants to be the first person to do back to back rumbles since however long it's been since Stone Cold did it. You could also tell a compelling story around uh, whoever is trying to get at EO's title, Bailey decides to go into the chamber to make sure that that doesn't happen. And then at the last second, Bailey decides to actually win the chamber and then does that entire turning storyline, except now it's based off the chamber. Instead, you do all that. You get the same matches that you're going to have the same title matches that you're going to have. But now the rumble winner is actually the main eventer instead. And then you give Bailey her rumble win next year. When you have, when you have more time to tell a more compelling story, like year long story. Like you could, you could even tell these stories to fix what the rumble winner should be getting in a manner of speaking. And that's just off the top of my head. Yeah. They, could, they could be better, but like, that's just my perspective around the importance of winning the rumble. I was, at, I was, I wasn't going to say this until you said that very last thing. You have the Royal rumble in like a tier a in terms of significance and you have money in the bank in like a tier C in terms of significance. And I don't think they're that far apart. I think they're both. I would. I think it's more like A and B. I, and honestly, I've, I, I've said it a couple times now. The, the money in the bank, winning the money in the bank is better than winning the Rumble. Eh, no. Not eh. in terms of status or importance, but the prize. No, I'm just talking about in terms of like right now. Eh. Oh, well, that's because Damian Priest has been yeah, into like, oblivion. Eh, but what I was going to say is winning the Rumble has the same significance as winning Money in the Bank right now. Unless you're going for a legacy play like Cody had this year where it's going to be yeah. the first person, if he does win, win back-to-back Rumbles in 24 years. Something, win Stone 24, Cold 25 today, yeah. years when Stone Cold went 97, 98. Yeah. Like, unless there's a legacy play, which there isn't, unless you're going to give a vet the win. Which yeah. Well, That's something I actually don't want to see a veteran no, winning the rumble anymore. No, there's no. no, there's no reason to do that anymore. Like, but my, my whole point is like it, 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 in my opinion, it's objectively true that winning the, the money in the bank gift gets you a better prize than winning the rumble yes, because you could does. still just choose to main event WrestleMania anyway, but in either that or you, the thing is you could say, I, you could hold this briefcase up and say, I'm main eventing WrestleMania. And that at any time between now and then, you could change your mind and cash it in earlier, and it's it's just in the rules. That's okay. You can do that. But winning the Rumble, unless you're John Cena that one time, you it's the main event of WrestleMania. 
you got to wait however long you don't get to pick a spot like it it is what it is the prize is the same in terms of a free title shot except you get more flexibility out of a out of a men's money in the bank or a women's money in the bank win so yes from a results perspective 100% i'm more talking about the significance with how the rumble winner is booked cody excluded oh yeah and how the money in the bank winner is booked yeah. No, Money in the Bank is just like, ah, we got some time here. Let's throw this guy in the card while we're prepping for next year's WrestleMania. That's how I've always looked at Money in the Bank. Uh, unless you are literally Seth Rollins when he won Money in the Bank. That's how I've looked at it. Because it's like, hey, I'll use your greatest example of Dean Ambrose. When he won that Money in the Bank briefcase, it was literally a filler. Yeah. It was a filler. He was for- a transitional champion. And it's like, hey, we got some time here. We need to figure out what we actually want to do with this title. And then that went to AJ, and then that went to Cena, and then... Yeah. And then your best friend, the man from Atlanta, won and challenged for the fucking U.S. title. (laughs) That was insane. And failed. Wild. And failed. Like, (laughs) It's because he has a third grade reading level, a third grade education. Bro literally looks like the enlightened thinker. He's just like, all the damn time. Like, look... (laughs) Look, that briefcase, that briefcase, uh, Damien, hey, maybe Damien will capitalize. Maybe our dreams will come true and Cody will win. And then Damien will piss us all off and cash it in Then that night or the next night. Who the, who the hell knows? But, like, the Royal Rumble winner is supposed to have that value and it's supposed to add that much more significance because you are literally getting into WrestleMania main event. Now, yeah. with, and this is the men's side, and I'm speaking specifically upon the men's side because mm-hmm. on the women's side, they made the men's. They made the women's Royal Rumble before they did two nights, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yes. So, the, and originally there was never supposed to be women main eventing WrestleMania when that was initially created. They would Becky, never. They never had any chance. Becky was on another yeah. level. That is a completely different story, in my opinion. She was on a different level, and look, she was. I eyes were on her. Yeah, it was, I don't it was, think you're giving Becky enough credit for her involvement in that WrestleMania and the fact that she. Uh, I think Becky Lynch is the reason why that match main evented that you, show. She got put on the front of 2K yeah. also. Like, Not, she was on a different level. I of, think I think Ronda brought eyes to it, and Charlotte added some legitimacy to that match, but Becky is the reason it went on last. Becky is the reason that it went on last. Becky was the best wrestler. But Charlotte added prestige to that match, and Ronda added the eyeballs. Without right. Charlotte... And Ronda make it a one-on-one, replace them with two other faces from off the roster. That match isn't as big as it is. Becky's not that level of big yet. She's I, not Queen Maker big yet. Right, but I think I think you could do that with I think you could do that with any combination of those three and it's I also thought you could have kicked off one or the other and it still would have been as good. Yeah, you yeah, but <laughs> I, you could you could also say that much, but that much I, faith in Ronda Rousey's wrestling skill. But here's at that I, time, so that much faith in Becky being able to carry the not just the match, but like the emotion and it, like the actual ver- like the right. It was the perfect triangle for that match because right. because the other you could do that for any one of those people. Like you could say Becky brought the story and the fans, and Ronda brought a bigger audience outside of WWE. But if you Without one of those two, Charlotte wasn't big enough to make it the main event. And you could say that Charlotte brought the prestige and Becky brought the story, 
But if you take one of those two out, Ronda by herself wasn't big enough to make that main event. Like you could, you could do that for any combination of those people and it'd still be true. So I just think, I think it was was the perfect storm. Becky was given the perfect opportunity at the perfect time. I thought that was, yeah, that was it. Like she was over her turning on Charlotte because Charlotte, that's when Charlotte started getting stale to people. And they're like, Oh, we want to see something new. Becky was the perfect person to put in that spotlight. She did everything that she needed to in order to get it. Plus more. Yeah. If we're being honest, like, like trolling John Cena. It's like, Damn, you have balls if you're going to troll John Cena on live television. And then you, that made her even bigger. It's like, okay, she's it. She's the person we need to push to the moon. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what they did with her. Yeah, they, they fully capitalized on the backdrop of WrestleMania 35. I guess what I really should have said at the start is Becky can main event a WrestleMania on a weaker than normal WrestleMania. That's no slight to her. Like, yeah. Take take that whole program with the three of them and drop it right now. It's not getting main event over. I, I would agree to that. It, and again, with I, everybody I being think, healthy, too. I think as far as that main event goes, it you really do have the phrase perfect storm. Everything, all of the stars lined up to allow it to happen between those three being there and it being the most compelling story of that year. Like it, it did make sense for it to main event. Um, it did everything it needed yeah. to. I like I really like Daniel Bryan and Kofi. I'm not trying to relitigate that year of wrestling, oh, but yeah. I loved that program. It was well, that was a great program because you had Daniel Bryan being the authority, if you will, and someone else being the Daniel Bryan against him. It was a nice it was a nice story to tell, but to be honest, like that's just a good example of Beck and I I hate to say it, but Becky was a bigger draw than Kofi that year. Oh yeah. 100%. Like, that's like, just, I'm no, that's I'm just, no problem with the main event but also like i just went while we were talking just went and looked down the wrestlemania 35 card and who's actually co- was competing yeah. on that card in a real match like mm, it's not a lot mm, but mm. just to let's bring it back around let's bring it back to wrestlemania 40 yes everything that's going on this year the kickoff show was incredible I, yes i agree with you it was 10 out of 10 um I think my biggest travesty was Bailey's n- not being involved in it. But other than that, like, I think everything that happened should have happened. I actually forgot to mention one thing about the kickoff show. Can we give big ups to CM Punk and Big E? Oh, my God. They killed it as hosts. They killed it for the pre-show kickoff, which normally I'm on my phone anytime it's yeah. happening during a PLE. They made that compelling to watch yeah. before, during, and, and after. after there's a perfect shot of CM Punk going Cody Rhodes is too is too uh, nice if someone slaps me I'm punching him in the face with the rock in the background the rock just kind of turns around and looks at CM Punk from the distance and the per- all around production framed it perfectly to show CM Punk here in the rock in the background for, like it was just everything about it was fantastic. every you, you have so many different ways you can go for years just off of this one kickoff show yeah. um I love it. I hope we can see something like that for each of the big four to actually, but that's probably like the limit of saturation. Like I don't want it to be every PLE thing because every PLE just isn't that important. I don't even know if I necessarily want it big four because of how close, like I think rumble and mania are too close together. So like, 
maybe have it at Mania and Survivor Series or something? Definitely got to do Survivor Series because that now you gang warfare in a manner yeah. of speaking. Do you have now that we have proper leaders for those shows? Yeah. Um, I think I think Nick Aldis and Adam Pierce are really good in those roles. And I feel that they will do a good job with the whole brand superiority or brand supremacy thing. Um, so I think having a kickoff after SummerSlam leading up to Survivor Series, you could do because eight weeks, you do eight weeks worth of build up to a traditional five on five match and a champion versus champion match, or or you do. I forgot what year they did it, but you have the champions be the team captains and you have to earn your spot on their teams. And then you have the five on five led by the champions, you know, like just something like that. Survivor series has the potential to be one of the more entertaining. Can firmly entrench itself as number two. Exactly. It was a good trial run. It was a good trial run to test it out. Yeah. Like it, it so, worked really well. The, the migration over to Endeavor showed that, Hey, this is what they're used to seeing. And this is how they get, eyes on the product and it was really good yeah. and it showed hey there are a lot more eyes on the product now than there were last week even with, with the rock there without yeah. the liability concerns that could be in play when the ufc does something like that well yeah 110 million views in the first 12 hours that's across insane. social media that's insane you're hearing people talk about it not just within the wrestling space like I listen to a lot of podcasts, um, and one of them that I listen to is the Joe Budden podcast, and they were literally talking yeah. about this, oh, dude. which is a yeah. rap media-based culture podcast, and because one person on it actually is in WWE, they were talking about that on something that gets another tens of millions of views on it. Well, even the Pat, the Pat McAfee show, yes, Pat McAfee's a commentator on Raw now and all that stuff, but... The level of eyes that he has for just sports fans, because you don't have to be a football fan to like the Pat McAfee show. Correct. He, ta- he talks baseball, football, soccer. He talks all of it, right? So for him, you said soccer before hockey. Hmm. I didn't even say hockey. <laughs> I know, but like, but like, my point is, he the fact that he talks about all of these sports for him to give even t- the twenty or thirty minutes to WWE that he does broadens that audience, and there are people that. Oh, Pat McAfee likes it. It must not be as bad as I thought it was. Mm-hmm. And then they'll turn it on. Right. So like the, the genius of the endeavor marketing for WWE, if we're going to continue to have this level of importance shown for these pay-per-views or these premium live events going forward, I I'm excited for it. I love the little press conferences and I love the, the media and I love the kickoff shows and everything that they're doing in between Raw and SmackDown. Like, I, I love that it's being so it's being so important that there are things you have to do outside of Raw and SmackDown. I love that. It's it genuinely, and I truly believe this, and I thought this immediately after the kickoff show, this is the beginning of the greatest reality TV franchise on the face of 100%. this planet because you're always looking at it from a corporate perspective, right? Yeah. You're always going to have the wrestling diehards that are watching it just to see the stuff in the sc- on screen. And then you'll have their spouses or their kids, people that are tangently connected to them that also may or may not watch. Yeah. But now people that are looking for that reality TV void not too unsimilarly to the South Park sketch decades ago yeah. about wrestling. 
those are the eyeballs they're going to get now. Yeah. I think I like it even more because now it seems like, the which they've done before, but now with house shows, they're starting to try to play a little more into the part of yeah. what they bring I mean, on you, the television. That, that Shinsuke and Cody thing yeah. played directly into a match we had on Raw. It's like not everyone is blessed to have a Raw or SmackDown in their city. Having that interaction, it's like, that happened here. Like, and yeah. then it moves over to Monday Night Raw. It moves over to SmackDown. Like, that they're starting to really look at the bigger picture. Hey, why would we deprive people who are coming to these house shows of, like, the I, real interaction that you may get on SmackDown or Raw? Yeah. Like, I, I think they're moving in a perfect direction to where it's really starting to add up. And now we're really starting to see how big this can actually be. And we've lived in an era where we thought, oh, wow, this is as big as it can possibly be. Like, yeah. We've lived in a Stone Cold era. We've lived in a Hulk Hogan era with the rock and roll wrestling connection. Like it, there's so much that you think, oh, it's already gotten as big as it can, and then and proves then it wrong. Yeah, exactly. So, well, that, I think that pretty much covers everything as far as the kickoff show goes. Um, was there anything else we wanted to mention from this week before we get out of here? I feel like we covered a lot. I think we just laid it all out. Yeah, that's how too heavy feels. Let us know how you feel in the comments. Yeah, tell us why you're on. Yeah. Coward. Show us why you should be more important than our in our comment section than Seth Rollins was on that stage after he got done talking <laughs> to Roman. <so> bad. <laughs> I, I really hope they do some patchwork and some repair work between now and WrestleMania to help that title feel more important again because it did... That title's important right now because Drew wants it so bad. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well... Clayton, Eddie, I've been Randy. Thank you guys for having a chat. Thank you guys for watching. Let us know in the comments what you thought about the kickoff show and about everything that's going on coming up with the Elimination Chamber, and we will see you soon.